everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of When I Grew Up. On today's episode, I'm excited to um, introduce my guest. His name is Joseph Pack, and he is a school social worker. Is that right? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> um, and I'm excited to talk to him because um, one of my close friends has worked with him in the past and has shared with me a little bit about his heart for his students and what he does, his passion. And I have actually known him for a long time. Um, I'm the same age as his youngest sister, and we used to go to church together. But I think even it was my dad, your Bible study teacher. He was. He was. Which is really crazy. Very fond memory. <laughs> he took us to um, the Olympics when it was in Atlanta. My I, dad did. Yeah, I remember going to the weightlifting competition in '96. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't even go to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, how are you, Joseph? Um, how have you been? Yeah, I'm really good. Um, I'm on summer break now. Uh-huh. So I'm just kind of chilling and trying to occupy my time with different hobbies and yeah, just hanging out with my parents and helping them out. Nice. Well, thank you for giving me some of your time today yeah. um, to hear more about what it is that you do when you're not on summer break. Um, so like I mentioned um, in the introduction, you are a school social worker. Now, in my head, I'm like, that's not the same as like DCFS, uh, right? No, it's not. Okay. Although I have worked for them. The um, what does that stand for again? Department of Family and Children's Services. Right. So I know like, just because I watch a lot of TV, if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a social work thing. Yeah. Um, but so that's not the same as what No, you it's not. Yeah. And often when people think of social workers... I think of someone that works for defects. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So could you tell me what it is that you do as a school social worker? Yeah. And so I actually took some notes and I looked at our official uh, governing body to kind of look at the definition. So basically how I describe it to people that ask is I'm a mental health consultant. Okay. Uh, the definition is that we're trained mental health professionals who assist with mental health concerns, behavioral concerns, uh, positive behavioral support, classroom support. We consult teachers, parents, administrators, and sometimes we provide individual and group counseling slash therapy. Mm. Yeah. So, oh, so you're a, like you're a mental health care provider, kind of. Yes, exactly. So my role, I. Definitely consult a lot with the school counselors. I see. Uh, they will call us um, if there's like a crisis or they're needing additional support um, because we, I'm an, an employee of the district office. Okay. And so I kind of represent them and I'm seen as the expert, the mental health expert. I see. So you don't have a specific school that you work at. You're well, uh, at least in Gwinnett County, the county that I work in, mm -hmm. we're assigned a cluster of schools. So I I'm see. assigned the Shiloh cluster, which is the south end of Gwinnett. Mm -hmm. And within my cluster, I have seven schools. Uh, I have, what, four elementary and then um, middle and high. I think that comes up. No, five, five elementary middle and high um so yeah i just um 
my day to day is looks very different. I have assigned days that I'll actually go to the schools, uh, but when counselors or administrators call and they have a crisis, depending on the situation, I'll have to go out and and meet or go to that school, meet the student, meet with the staff. So what is a crisis? Um, Great question. So crisis could be anything from suicide, any child abuse, neglect Mm -hmm. issues. Um, Yeah, those are kind of the main two. Mm-hmm. Or if there's a situation with a parent that can be kind of litigious. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the kind of the issues that I deal with. Uh, homelessness is a big issue mm. within my cluster. So providing support resources for families and, and, and the students. Okay, so if you could kind of break it down for me because I'm curious so there's so there's a crisis mm-hmm. and you go mm-hmm. and the crisis for example you said one of the things that you could be dealing with is neglect right mm-hmm. or child abuse mm-hmm. would you be like sitting down with the student or would the parents be involved in this situation or initially yeah. what does that look like yeah so most of the time the school counselors will call me and kind of give me a rundown of the situation. Mm-hmm. And then either I'll do like a kind of phone consult. Mm-hmm. I'll kind of consult them of what the next steps are, or if they have any questions, like procedural questions, um, the protocol, I'll kind of give them support and guidance. But if it's severe enough, or I feel like the counselor needs additional support, I'll actually go out to the school um, in the case of child abuse or neglect, um, usually I'll kind of meet with the counselor and get gather more information. Mm. And if she feels that or that counselor feels that we need to meet with the student, mm-hmm. we'll kind of do a preliminary um, investigation or fact finding, get more information mm-hmm. so that we can determine whether to make a referral to defects, the state I agency, see. and then kind of go from there. And sometimes we deal with parents that will call the school and say, I know that you guys made the referral. Um, and the, and I kind of coach the counselors on how to respond to the, to the parent and what are kind of our need to know or who to let um, share that information with kind of thing. That's so interesting. So I so the school counselor is not the final say, huh? They like refer to you? Yeah. Well, because since I'm at the county office, uh-huh. I'm the county liaison. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So if they don't communicate with me and I don't know about a situation mm-hmm. and then it blows up, they're going to ask, hey, have you got, did you get your school social worker involved? And then if I say no, you know, that's going to look very bad on the school counselor. And so often, oftentimes I will tell them, hey, I know that you've been a school counselor for a while, um, but you just need to get me in the boat. And I need to be in the know because if something happens or if the parent calls the county office, they're going to ask my director and ask, hey, have you spoke? 
spoken to the school counselor about the situation. Mm-hmm. And if I haven't, that's not going to be very good for you. Um, so it helps that I have been a school counselor previously. So uh, my counselors know that. And so I know kind of their side of things, how mm-hmm. to operate from a school counseling perspective, and then now learning how to do it from the school social work perspective. Wow, that's really good to know. I feel like as a new parent myself, that there is mm-hmm. this check, checks and balances within the public school system that I didn't know that yeah, was there. Definitely. Definitely. Is that something that's always been there? Like, Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, probably most of the time, you know, if there was no issues, right. then you've definitely never right. have, have <laughs> interacted with a school counselor other than doing credit checks or talking about academics. Yeah, I have to admit, I never went to my school counselor. But from what I hear, a lot of people use their school counselor a lot. Yeah, definitely. Which is great. Yeah, resource, it is. But um, so let's go back a little bit, if you don't mind. You did say, you mentioned before that before doing a school social worker position, you were a school counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to know what made you transition to this job. But before we get into that, I just want to know, like, why are you, why, why did you choose school counseling? Why did you want to work with students? All of it. Tell me yeah. all of it. Yeah, so... <laughs> That that is a journey in itself. So I like you. I'm a UGA grad. Go dogs. Go dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so I originally went in thinking that I was going to do pre med. I wanted to pursue kind of the helping profession. Mm. Uh, I don't like honestly looking back. I think uh, freshman year or my first year, I was like depressed and really didn't know the direction I needed to go in. Right. And as as a first generation college student, um, being the oldest, I had to figure that stuff out on my own, mm. and and not knowing where to start, where to go. Um, so my you know my parents are like typical Korean parents want you to pursue a career where you can make good money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't do well in some of the courses in the pre med route. And for some, I don't remember how I got connected with the career center at UGA, but I did a career assessment, met with a career counselor, and she suggested based on my assessment, um, either counseling or social work. So she just recommended me to take a social work class, took the class, loved it, um, just kept, kept on that track. And then after I graduated with my bachelor's in social work, um, I, my friends and I, we went to go work for DFACS, like I said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so we went to, I was working in Forsyth County as a foster care case manager. So I worked there for a year. Um, and for, I think working for DFACS in and it, of itself is a, Definitely an interesting experience, but working kind of in a rural county where there weren't many Asians and right. um, and the northern part of the county was very, very rural. I had I did experience, you know, some some pretty uncomfortable situations, mm. seeing Confederate flags, seeing kind of the uh, the black caricatures, 
on on porches and people not knowing what what I was ethnically. So I remember I worked with a Hispanic mom. She thought I was from Central America or something. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they definitely did not know what Asian people were no. or what they. That's yeah, so and so cool. like shocking no frame me, but <laughs> no frame of reference right and so um i remember just like driving to meet with my student or my kids on my caseload and dealing with parents and making sure they're kind of working on their case plan mm-hmm. towards reunification so a lot of the parents had drug issues or like they were unstable and so mm-hmm. you were kind of in the middle like you're looking out for the best interests of the of the kid but mm-hmm. also working with the parent and trying to support them on their case plan whatever that is with do getting being sober working on parenting classes getting their finances in order um so it was a it was an interesting experience but I'm glad that I had my friends there to kind of be a moral support Right. I definitely learned a lot and having to testify in court and mm. juvenile court on what actions I've done and being accountable for that. So it's definitely like prepared me for the legal system and how to answer questions and when not to say more than, you know, what they're asking kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, after that, I, I went and got my master's and in social work at UGA. I um, actually had, I applied for a grant Mm -hmm. through DFACS where they would pay for your master's um, and you serve them two years of service afterwards. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I did that. um, Learned a lot about child welfare, um, child psychology, and then I ended up going to Hall County defects. So why did you get your master's? um, Because with a bachelor's in social work, there's not much that you can do. Oh, really? Um, Why not? The, because with the master's, you can apply for licensure, your clinical license. Okay. And so there's much more that you can do with that. Mm. Whereas a bachelor's, you're just looking at case management. Okay. Um, so I, you know, recognize that and I just wanted to get experience, work experience prior to going to my, going for my master's. So that was kind of the plan for you in your head anyways to, yeah, okay, definitely. And so DFACS paid for my master's and then went to Hall County. Hall County is very different. A lot of Hispanics, um, and Latino, Latinx, and so that experience was also very stressful because I worked in a different unit. It was called the Family Preservation Unit. Basically, this is after um, it, after families have been found, after child abuse has been substantiated. And so okay. I'm working with them on preventing the student or the child from getting into care, going into foster care. So working on addressing any issues in the house, any drug issues, any um, like homelessness or finances or and parenting classes. So that was stressful because um, the caseload was very 
very high. There was a lot of demands. You had to make contact with the parents every month and collaterals and just things blew up every and being on call. I remember being on call during oh the weekends. And like at that time we had, I think, a pager and um, a cell phone and just remember getting calls at 3 a.m. in the morning, going to the hospital. I remember there was one situation where uh, like a five or six-year-old boy, there was suspicion that he may have been sexually abused. And had the, the doctor found like blood stains in his underwear. I remember I had to go out and meet with the, mm. the cops and yeah, so it was super stressful. So, like, how did you deal with that stress? Like, that, I can't uh, even. Yeah, I. Um, <laughs> as a result of that, I got um, acid reflux. Oh my! And gosh. So, like, I was. Yeah, it took a toll on my health, and I just remember thinking, I can't do this. And one of my coworkers mentioned like school counseling, and mm. I was like, Huh, okay, I'm gonna look into it, and. I did research at for the EDS, uh, Educational Specialist at UGA for school mm-hmm. counseling. Actually, the deadline had passed to apply, uh-huh. and I emailed um, the director or whoever was over admissions and said, hey, I realized that the, the deadline passed, but I'm still interested. Is there any way I could still apply? And they, they said, yes, apply. And so, wow. like... I applied and got in and um, so made that transition to school counseling. And that was, it's, it's a related field, but it's very different. And that experience was, was, was a good life lesson because I guess up until that point, I had always been like highly favored or like I got along with people and I can, um, I can see that. Yeah. And so like when, I I just remember during that program, I really wanted to be at a high school. Uh-huh. And there was only one person that was in a classmate of mine that was in a high school in Gwinnett. Uh-huh. I remember reaching out to her and saying, hey, you know, can you set me up with an internship at your school? Uh-huh. And she was kind of reluctant, but she she was willing to help out. Long story short... Um, it was not a good experience. Oh no! Yeah, so like, um, I, I guess like, yeah, it was. I don't know what happened exactly, but um, I just remember like not going in there, not not thinking that people were going to support me, and I remember one of the counselors that I met worked with. We did a small group together. I. Uh-huh she like called me out in front of the students and I had to confront her afterwards. And just, I felt like the girl that set me up with the internship, Uh she was like planting seeds of doubt among the other counselors. Oh, that's so wild. Yeah. And so like through, through that, I learned a life lesson, like that people are people, Mm. like no matter helping field or whatever, we're all broken and and selfish. And so, um, and part of it was, I, I think that 
my skills, my clinical skills were, were a lot stronger than hers and, um, kind of going in like maybe, I don't know, maybe I approached it wrong or I don't know. So, um, definitely learned about politics through that I see. and, and navigating that. So, um, yeah. And then Sorry, when I, was this internship? At what point? Uh, this was after my, or during my EDS, which okay, was in okay. 2009. Okay. So during your. My studies your, for school okay. counseling. Yeah. Got it. And so, um, because part of that is that you have to intern at a school and I wanted to do high school. Right. So, okay. Yeah. She set me up with that, but nonetheless, it was a good life lesson to learn about politics, to learn that, you know, you're going to have to manage and navigate relationships. Mm. And sometimes people are not going to always have your best interest mm. at heart. And how do you manage that? And so after that, I just remember the economy was not good, but, and, and I wasn't able to get a job in school counseling. So that was kind of a stressful point for me. I felt like, honestly, I felt like I was blacklisted in the county. Um, because of I, that experience? Yeah, because I wasn't able to get a good recommendation. <gasps> yeah. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, like, man, this must have been so discouraging. It like, was very discouraging. I, I remember talking to the head counselor and and just saying, like, I don't understand what's going on here. Like, I'm asking for feedback and like, you guys are not like giving me any feedback. I don't know. This is a completely new field for me. Uh-huh. And, you know, are there things that I can do differently? And mind you, I was working part-time um, as a core counselor. I would go into the homes of students that were um, in juvenile justice with department of juvenile justice mm-hmm. and work with them and their families on counseling. And so it was super stressful. Uh, yeah. So that was a great life lesson. So and how long after that did it take you to find It took me a while. I want to say a year at least. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah. And so, but during that time I was able to do like short, um, or long-term subbing for school counselors that went on maternity leave. Okay. And so it was, I had, you know, God has a plan for everything. And so I ended up um, doing that at a school that was nearby Mm -hmm. um, and a middle school and had a great experience, did well, learned a lot and was able to get good recommendations. And (laughs) And after that period, I got a job as a school social worker, not a school counselor, which is weird. (laughs) And so I ended up at a psycho ed center. So I don't know. A what? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) So it's a psycho psycho ed center. Basically, this this is a school um, for students with severe mental health and behavioral issues. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sound insensitive. No, no, I just, no. Yeah. I just was like, I've never heard these terms before. So I think I, yeah, I thought. No, I and I don't think that's, no one has, I didn't know what it was prior to working there. And so basically this is the place that students go to 
prior to residential treatment, like a I see. psychiatric residential okay. treatment center. And these are just young kids, I'm sure. Yeah, middle yeah. middle to high or like 21, I think was the age cutoff mm-hmm. for students. So I got re- I got a job there. Um, it was quite an experience. The unit that I was in charge of as a school social worker was um, the autistic unit. Mm. And there were students in there that were um, like t- 21, 18. <laughs> some of them had some severe behavioral issues. I just remember the first day like as the students are getting off the bus, my um, my administrator, the assistant principal, I was greeting the kids as they were coming off. And there was this one particular student that the staff would like, as he was getting off the bus, they would kind of like move to the side. Okay. And I was like, as if they were scared of him. And I was like, what? And she was <laughs> like, yeah, watch. Um, at the time I was wearing glasses and she was like, yeah, make sure you hold on to your glasses because he will take your glasses and break it. And so, like, I was like, oh, doc, yeah. <laughs> and and just, like, the different behaviors that I saw, they had, like, these seclusion rooms. Some of the students would go in there, strip down naked and try to pee on you. And, oh, my goodness. And spit on you and um, scratch you and... Like, mind you, some of the kids were, like, really small, but they don't know their own strength. They don't have the capacity to kind of control themselves. Uh-huh. And so, like, we have we had big grown men that would have to restrain these students, like two or three men. Oh, my gosh. And so, um, and when I was there, one of the, not in the unit that I was in, but the middle school unit one of the students stabbed a paraprofessional in the restroom when they were by themselves. And she kind of planned and plotted that. And it was something out of a horror movie. Yeah. And so I just remember like the restroom was all the way in the back of the building. I remember just running over there and like the men were taking off their shirts to like, to, um, like stop like, the bleeding? Yeah, stop the bleeding. There was blood everywhere. Oh my and gosh. I was like, Lord, I don't think I can work here anymore. Um and I just remember the staff, we uh, we had a, a faculty meeting and the staff were like sharing their concerns. We need metal detectors, blah blah blah. And I just remember praying to God, like, I I this is not my calling. It was mm. a great learning experience but I can't work here. And then I think nine months later, I got a call from the county director Mm -hmm. and I was recruited to Peachtree Ridge High School by the assistant principal. Oh, wow. Thank you, God. Even though I was a pay cut, I was like, I'll gladly take it. (laughs) How did you get recruited? They just knew you? Well, he was... Well, he was looking for something very specific. Uh He wanted an Asian male school uh uh school counselor so are you are there a lot of those in georgia (laughs) and so like my the director of her counseling she was like hey joseph i had i have a request for 
an Asian male counselor and you're oh, the only wow. one. So would you be interested? I was like, yes. And so I met with him and the principal and from there it was um, history. And so I ended Man. up at Peace Tree Ridge. Yeah. Um, well, sorry, before we get into the Peachtree Ridge stuff, because yeah. I want to, um, but going back to your previous jobs, um, you know, you said you were having trouble finding a job in this as a school counselor. So you took that job at the psycho ed school mm-hmm. or place mm-hmm. and, yeah. and um, as a social worker. But is it be- like so you're master's in social work and your master's in school counseling the marriage of the two allowed for you to get those types of positions exactly yeah okay. so um the educational specialist it's it's kind of weird it's almost like a master's but it's more advanced okay um so that, more advanced than a master's yeah i don't okay i mean within the education okay okay realm it's considered higher than a master's. Okay. Um, so I, after getting that degree, I could pursue both routes because I got a certificate both in school counseling and school social work. Okay. Okay. And so through that experience, I mean, because of that, I could go either way. And at the time, I I thought I was going to get a school counseling job, but mm-hmm. then I when. I got a school social work job. Okay, I see, I see. Yeah. Um, You know, so like going back to the very beginning of your journey, of you mm-hmm. even going to the career center, first of all, man, major props to you. I don't, yeah. I feel like more people don't take advantage of those types of resources. Um, I kind of wish I did, um, but... After taking, you know, doing an assessment, and do you know why she suggested that? Um, based on my results, it was definitely leaning towards like psychology counseling. I see. Okay. And she was just like, you know, you should try social work classes. So, and then you said you loved your social work class. Yeah, definitely. Why I, did you love it? Like, what uh, was like? Just the the whole psycho because I enjoyed psychology uh-huh. 101 and abnormal psych and just I don't know just the helping compassionate part of me and just um and even like the growth that I experienced through the classes and like for example I was super shy did not like public speaking and I just remember the first presentation that I gave I uh-huh. was like, so nervous <laughs> um and just yeah just the community around the classmates and being around like-minded people that wanted to bring change to the world mm-hmm. um, at a micro and macro level and so I felt like that was kind of my calling that's and, awesome yeah and so I stuck with it it was it was an interesting to explain to my parents what that is, social work. And so, yeah, what was their response? Um, I mean, they didn't really know what it was, mm-hmm. and they were kind of concerned, like, from a financial standpoint. Sure. But I think now they kind of understand that this is kind of my calling. Yeah. This is where I need to be. 
I mean, I feel like if you can handle all of those stories that you just told me and still want to do school counseling and school social work, it is definitely your calling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have some crazy stories. Yeah. I mean, and just like I just feel like that type of atmosphere. I know my personality, it would be difficult for me to separate my emotion from my work. I don't mm-hmm. know how it is yeah. for you. Could you elaborate a little bit on that for yourself? Yeah. Um, there are situations that I think for the most part, I can kind of compartmentalize, but there are some situations that definitely impact me. Mm -hmm. For example, there was a a situation that this past school year where one of my elementary students, um, was having a difficult time Mm -hmm. and it happened to be her, um, I guess the anniversary of her mother's death mm-hmm. by suicide. Mm. And so she um, was kind of, I guess she kind of knew that it was around the same time. Mm-hmm. And she was experiencing some emotions and kind of acting out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I remember um, the school counselor and I meeting with her father and the, we met with the father first to kind of get some information. Turns out that they, um, so mom was at home cooking, dad and the, and the girl were going to go for a walk. Mm -hmm. And that's when mom committed suicide in the home. And, um, mom had a picture of the daughter in her hand Mm -hmm. and they walk in on mom. So the little girl saw it with dad in the aftermath and, um, so just hearing that story and just seeing the father, um, just, yeah, it, I could tell that he hasn't fully like grieved. And then once the, so we call the student and she's old enough to kind of respond and to questions and mm-hmm. kind of share her thoughts and feelings. When she walked in, I just remember her going straight to her father, not thinking about herself and just comforting her father Mm. I almost lost it in the meeting I almost just like started crying and then um luckily I was able to kind of keep it together and and kind of console and provide resources for the father and Mm. and really you know make a recommendation that he get counseling himself yeah and uh, just remember talking to my coworker about the situation. She was like, yeah, that happens. Like there are some situations that strike a chord with you and you were human and it's okay to, to experience that fully and, and, and cry or whatever you need to, um, if you need to step out. And so those kind of situations definitely, I don't know, with the little ones definitely impacts me. I am in therapy for myself and, and having coworkers to kind of talk to and, and decompress or process things with definitely helps. And I've understood more or I'm understanding more and more the importance of self-care and what that is. And for me, a big part of self-care is um, physical exercise, but also spirituality, Mm. um, praying and, being in silence and solitude and having someone to kind of talk to. Yes. Um, so my therapist definitely has given me a good perspective and just allowed me to decompress. 
Yes, no, I think that's really important. I have other friends that actually um, are also in therapy or counseling, and um, they've talked to me about it. And I just feel like maybe everyone needs a therapist. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm a huge advocate for that. Like just for mental health and just to really, I mean, I'm an extroverted thinker by yeah. nature. And um, I think for me, just to have a non-biased person oh, that, yeah, you know, definitely. sitting in front of me as I extrovert my thoughts um, seems like a really healthy thing. And I, too, you know, um, um, have a relationship with God and that is good. But I feel like, you know, for me, too, I I, I am a person that needs tangible things in front of me. And um, it just seems like a really good way to take care of yourself and be able to do your work well, mm-hmm. you know, especially what you do, like to do it well and um, not get burnt out. Right. Yeah, definitely. That's really and, good. And the biggest, biggest lesson I've learned recently is to like fully experience emotions mm-hmm. and, and not repress those things. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to be better at doing that with the help of my therapist and uh, I'm part of a support group that where we kind of challenge each other and, and encourage each other to do that and mm-hmm. share resources and talk and consult each other. Are these, uh, is your support group, other schools, social workers? Or no, no, actually they're just, um, they themselves are big proponents of mental health mm. and we're just, kind of on the same wavelength so that. important to have yeah. those people around you and so like yeah it's been really good to kind of um come together monthly and and process and talk through things yeah definitely yeah that's awesome okay well sorry we got on a little bit of a tangent no, you're, but you're um so you're a school so you are a school counselor at peachy ridge at this point in the story mm-hmm. um and that's what you wanted, right? You wanted a high school. Yes, exactly. So, so it was God's plan. Yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> it, it was now looking back, God just orchestrated everything. Mm. And like the experiences that I gathered at the psychoed center were invaluable, mm. like working with autistic students and um, seeing them kind of act out and how to manage their behaviors that was priceless. Like not not every school counselor had that experience and having worked at defects and, and also doing, being a core counselor, going into the homes of these students, particularly a lot of um, male students, Mm -hmm. male students of color that have gotten in trouble with the law Mm -hmm. and just seeing the, the family dynamics. And part of the reason why I wanted to do school counseling was I felt like that was the, first of all, that's the place that the kids spend the most time at. Yeah, absolutely. And I felt like I would have the most impact with the students. And so, yeah, God kind of orchestrated it all. Peachtree Ridge was, yeah, it was a godsend. Very diverse. Um, Yeah, ethnically, class-wise, and just, yeah, it was a great atmosphere, great team. How long were you... uh a school counselor at Peachtree Ridge before you shifted your job? Six years. Six years. That's a, that seems like a long time for a school counselor. Yeah, that? it is. Um, well, some of the school counselors will actually retire. 
Okay. At certain schools. And so, uh, yeah, it kind of depends. Sometimes they'll move. Um, At least within our county, you have to stay put for three years. And then after the three years, you can make a change or um, grade level change or go to a school that's maybe closer to your home if you've moved. And so I will say working at Peachtree Ridge was pivotal in my development professionally Mm. and and just personally. I learned and grew a lot there. Um, And during that time, uh, 2013 was when I started my doctorate program. Are you well, Dr. Joseph Peck? Yes, I am. Oh, my bad. We <laughs> no, should have told fine. me. No, you're fine. No, man, those credentials are important. <laughs> you worked hard for them. I did. I worked <laughs> five years for that. You should have told me. Okay, Dr. Peck, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. But um, that's awesome. I did not know that. Um, yeah. Okay, so your doctorate in, sorry, counseling what was the Counseling and student personnel services. That's awesome. Yeah. So like it, honestly, it was crazy what I was doing during that time. So what do you it's, mean? A, it's a part-time program, Uh-huh. the part-time PhD program. I was working full time. Oh my goodness. And then my parents were building a house from the ground up at that time. Huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I was the main one kind of helping them. And right, because you're the so, oldest too. Yeah, in family. I'm the oldest, and my my parents are kind of crazy in that they're ultimate DIYers. They want to do everything themselves. Oh, that's cool, though. I like. Yeah, that. it can be cool and stressful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they bought a piece of property. We had it for probably like eight years or uh-huh. so. They were saving up enough cash to kind of build their dream home. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I learned a lot about building homes. And wait, wait, hold up. So you mean you guys were building the house? Yeah, I like, mean, my like dad you was and the your general family? contractor. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> no, no, no. And he, I mean, he's pretty handy, and uh-huh. he's done like renovations on our previous home, like uh-huh. our childhood home, but. Never to the extent of building from the ground up. I like, mean, that's crazy, but really special, I feel like. That's yeah, and awesome. so, like, I, we definitely learned a lot along the way. And, um, you know, some of the contractors are, you know, they could tell we were very green, green right. to, to building homes. And so they would <laughs> like to take advantage or uh. try to take advantage. And so yeah. we have had, it was a long journey. It was yeah. a three-year process. I'm actually in their home, at their home right now. And so so it's completed, I guess. It's, it's completed. It's very nice. Nice. Um, yeah. So they're very happy to be in a, <laughs> in a big home with a lot of land. And so, yeah. That they built. That they built yes. from the ground up. I mean, the stuff that they were doing. I just remember one, um, obviously the things that professionals had to do, we had to hire, uh-huh, uh-huh. like do, grading the lot, okay. carrying the lot, um, pouring in the concrete walls and doing the framing, Sure. electric and, and plumbing, 
we had to get professionals, but mm-hmm. uh, and the drywall. But everything else we did by ourselves. That's insane. We I installed can't even hardwood floors. Imagine all the cabinets. Oh I my remember goodness. in the in the middle of summer, my parents were waterproofing the basement walls with like this black uh, waterproofing sealant. And they came covered in like all this black tar. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! Oh man! But then you know, all their kids are grown, so it's like their own project. That's yeah, fun. yeah. I mean, we were, <laughs> my brother and I helped a lot, and yeah. sister helped. So that's really fun. I feel like, but you know, going back to what you were saying about finding contractors, I know that it's like such a difficult experience, especially when they're they know what they're doing and they think you don't know what they're doing you're, mm-hmm. what you're doing because mm-hmm. we too had a really terrible experience with my basement and i just remember thinking i why are people so untrustworthy i'm so yeah, naive <laughs> exactly and so like i had to come up with contracts and like just know not to give money prior to the work yes. being done. Yes. Um, we did have one contractor that like took money or and then he passed away and all this crazy stuff. No. Yeah. yeah. And so like he left his truck on our property and I don't know. It was That's yeah, there, crazy. There were so many crazy stories. Oh my gosh. I thought my story was bad, but that's no. pretty bad. Yeah, and, and like the guy that did the brick on our house, um, they did a shoddy job and I remember we were like fighting in front of our house. Uh-huh. And um I I just remember he was getting angry and he, he like my mom and I were talking to him and like kind of arguing with him and he like it seemed like he was gonna hit my mom and so like I stood in front of him right and luckily like our our where we live there's a um, police station nearby and police are always going up and down the street and uh-huh. so he just right at the right time a policeman comes by he he whistles and flags down the policeman policeman comes and like he hears on both our sides of the story and he's like yeah you guys are right. I was like telling him, I'm not going to pay you till you finish the job. And so crazy. he ended up leaving kind of angry. And I was like, my God, thank you that that cop was there. So yeah, crazy stuff. No crazy (laughs) stuff. Oh my gosh. But yes, anyway, so a lot was going on during this time of your life when you're getting your doctorate. It was super stressful. Oh man. But you got it done. I got it done. Um, after five years, it was supposed to be a three-year program. Mm -hmm. Um, just, I remember getting like three to four hours of sleep every night. Coffee was my friend. I mean, I was still working and like we had night events, like parent nights and different things. Um, coming home from work and then just writing or studying and going to class and do you enjoy studying though is that something you like I do like learning okay um yeah but the writing the dissertation was not fun no that's does not sound fun at all yeah (laughs) but so so basically your whole time at Peachtree Ridge was you doing all these things at the same time and going to school to get your doctorate degree? Exactly. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, so while you're at Peachtree Ridge, um, 
could you just tell me briefly, like, what what it's like to be a school counselor? Because for oh, yeah. me, yeah, yeah, you know, my I okay, I do remember going to my school counselor like one time, um, because I was just like you know a person that just did what I was supposed to do and kept my head down doing it. But um, um, I wish I had taken more advantage of my school counselor because a mutual friend of ours is a school counselor, and she tells mm-hmm. me a little about a bit about her work, and I'm like, oh. You guys do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, um, I remember I just went to her because I really wanted to change my class. Mm-hmm. But then, like, she convinced me not to, so I didn't. Mm-hmm. But that was the only time I went to her. And I remember my school counselors were broken up into, like, your last name. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, at Peace Tree Ridge, uh, we had seven counselors. Mm-hmm. And we had one designated counselor for the ninth grade. Or actually two. Okay. And then um, the five of us downstairs, we were um, broken up by alphabet 10th through 9th grade. And so when I came on, my good coworker and I came on, I had a choice to pick the part of the alphabet that had a lot of Korean students uh-huh. or a diverse um, group of students. Okay. So what did so you pick? I picked <laughs> intentionally... The latter part of the alphabet, I had S, A, R through Z. Oh, really? Yeah. So I had some Korean students, uh-huh. but not as many as my coworker that had like the L's through M's. P. She had all the cute <laughs> M's, yeah. Lee's, Parks. And so... I mean, um, Peachtree Ridge is pretty heavily populated with Asian Americans, right? Very or- much so. There's okay. a... Um, they're probably more Korean, but there were Chinese students, Vietnamese students, um, some Southeast Asian students as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, At the time when I was there, it was really diverse. Um, I think the numbers were like 33% white, 25% African American, 24% Asian, 12% Hispanic, and the rest other. That is really diverse. Yeah, and I just remember mix. like some of my white students saying, "We don't feel like we're the majority." And, you know, based on the numbers, they're right. Yeah, yeah. And so I it was a shock for me just to kind of be be there and kind of kind of hear the Asian students' stories and like at um at lunch there would be they would sell like Raymond noodles during lunch and, and Kim. That was so foreign to me. Like, Oh, because know. there were so many Asian people. Yeah. Because there were so many Asian students. Oh, that's, there, that's weird. Yeah. There were so many like <laughs> Shin Lamyun and like, and Kim. And, that is like, shocking. I'm shocked too. <laughs> yeah. And non-Asian students were buying this stuff too. Oh, wow. But yeah. And so completely different story for me growing up. Me too. And, and yeah. Me being embarrassed about bringing my ethnic (laughs) food. Um, But to answer your story, like, or your question regarding what school counselors do, Uh uh, for us as the 10th through 12th grade counselors, we, a lot of it is academic. So we would meet with all juniors, all the seniors to kind of go over credits, talk about colleges, um, talk about, their classes, plan for classes. We did do some crisis counseling too, meeting with students that had suicidal ideation mm-hmm. or 
there was suspicion of child abuse or neglect. Mm-hmm. Um, students that were self-harming, meaning they were cutting themselves mm-hmm. or engaging in other kind of risky behaviors. Um, and also just like students on your caseload that you build rapport with and doing check-ins with. So it each day could look very different, but we did have like certain timelines that we had to meet with all the students. So we would, we tried our best to touch with all of the students. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least all the 11th and 12th grade students to go over credits, make sure they're caught up uh, with their credits and plan for their classes, know what they're doing in terms of college planning, SAT, ACT, mm-hmm. AP courses, any questions that they may have. So the 10th graders were neglected. And then I just remember us do having a concerted effort to meet with those students earlier. I see. And we would go into the classrooms and do classroom lessons on what to expect for graduation. What are the graduation requirements? What are things that you need to be doing to kind of plan for life after high school? Um, yeah. Really? This what school counselors do? No one checked in on me. I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's very different from when you and I grew up. I just remember my school counselor just sitting in the corner and not really doing much. So they're they're very proactive these days. Yes. Okay. Very much so. That's Um, great. A lot of paperwork. On your Uh, end. Yes. Yes. We we had to do credit checks, Mm. set up meetings. Um, If we did parent-teacher conferences in the afternoons, we were often responsible for documenting those. And meeting with special ed students mm. or, you know, if if parents wanted to meet with us to kind of talk about classes or schedule changes, we were kind of the people, the gatekeepers for that. And so, yeah, or if the students were like depressed or not motivated, sometimes parents would reach out to us, mm. kind of seek and consult and, and sometimes meet with the student, with the parent and do like brief family counseling or individual counseling. So through all that, you know, time at Peachtree Ridge as a high school counselor, um, so what did you like about it? Um, I enjoyed seeing the growth. So like being with the students from 10th through 12th grade. Yeah, because you were there for six years too, so you get to see people graduate. And so like I, the relationships that I had with the students and – and when they came to their senior year, like them coming and celebrating with me, yeah. their acceptance to college or getting scholarships or and just seeing the growth. Um, to this day, I keep in touch with some of my students mm-hmm. and yeah, just sharing in their struggles and, and their celebrations, like their victories. And some of the students writing handwritten cards and I have those to this day. I'm very sentimental mm-hmm. as a person. And so, um, and seeing students out in public and just them thanking me for all the work that, uh, the help that I gave them. Yeah, that no, definitely. in itself was so priceless. Mm. And just, I just remember there's two particular students that stick out to me. Um, in 10th grade, one of the students was kind of having suicidal thoughts and 
just had a lot going on. His, um, he was undocumented, very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like the class president and um, he really wanted to go to Emory and he, he parents just didn't have the money, mm-hmm. but he got a scholarship and did a go into a different school. And then um, here just recently, he was able to transfer to Emory oh, and great. get the full scholarship. And yeah, just seeing that growth and, and writing the recommendations for him and yeah. um, him understanding the importance of mental health. Mm. And when I first met with him, I kind of, you know, was, was sharing that with him. And when I met with him recently, he came to that realization himself and just to see that growth and, and to celebrate with him that he's able to go to his dream school and and do the things that he wants. And so, yeah. So when you provide advice for kids that come in with like depression or just some sort of mental health issue, anxiety, stress, just being overwhelmed. I know high school can be a really overwhelming time of a person's life. And Definitely. a lot of transition and change happening within those adolescent years. Do you find that they are receptive to the advice that you give? Um, it depends on the student and the maturity level. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like all they need is someone to listen to them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of the times this, those particular students are put a lot of pressure on themselves and their parents put a lot of pressure on them. And so mm-hmm. I'm just kind of a sounding board and I will, will ask questions to kind of get them to think about their thoughts and their thought process and challenge them. I think a great therapist is someone that um, gets the student or client to come to the realization themselves. Sure. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. And so um, I think that would be the most impactful for the person. Yeah, definitely. And so I'm just an objective observer and ask probing questions and, you know, empathize with them and try to, yeah, help them to relieve any pressure, any feelings. And so. So the questions that you ask in these situations, is that all like, is that part of the training that you received through your education as well? Yeah. uh, I mean, with, for example, with suicidal students, there is like a protocol that we use. Okay. Um, There's a, a scale that we ask questions like, have, have you thought about killing yourself within the past month? And mm. based on how they score, um, we'll meet with the student and their parents and ask the parent to come and take them to get evaluated. I see. Okay. Um, so there is that kind of protocol. But if they're depressed, like I'll just ask kind of standard questions based on our training mm-hmm. and and assess whether – you know, it's severe enough to call the parent in to have them evaluated or call the parent. Regardless, we're going to contact the parent and offer counseling resources. Um, and as our role as a school counselor, we're not therapists per se. Some of us do have licenses where we can provide therapy, but okay. they, because of our caseloads being like 500 plus students, it's impossible right. for us to, right. to offer a 
one-on-one therapy weekly for the, so we often refer out to other therapists or in the community. Or Um, would they, if it's serious, would they refer to their school social worker? um, Yeah, it could be. Um, And and like the school social worker there, they often have multiple schools. So they can't provide ongoing therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll encourage and provide list of counseling resources. Okay. Yeah. Um, so why switch? You liked your job, didn't you? Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that is a great question. I think it, I just needed a change mm. and things within our department, we got new leadership. Um, it wasn't the best environment and I wanted to get my clinical license so that I can do so that I can be a therapist and offer mm. um, counseling on the side. Wow. Um, and so I'm working. And your working education just keeps going, huh? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? And so um, because with with my licensure, I have to be in the field of social work Okay. for like three years or so. I see, okay. And so this will, this next school year will be the third year. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm getting supervision weekly, and so hopefully I'll get my license soon. Wow! And I am looking to make a career change. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. I feel like that's where God's leading me. Uh huh. Um, so I want to be like a. I don't know if you're familiar with Brene Brown. No. Uh, so she um, has written a lot of books on vulnerability, daring greatly, New York's um, best, New York Times bestseller. Mm-hmm. Basically, mm-hmm. she's like um, an, a speaker influencer. Okay. On mental health, um, so that is the dream. To like to be like, like a a speaker? male version of her. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah, writing books and speaking to the audiences and so and also doing therapy. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, when that happens, please come back to my podcast <laughs> yes, and definitely. have another <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, well, that's awesome. I just feel like well if that's where you want to go, I know that those things will happen because I can tell this is your calling, you know, really um, impacting young lives and supporting people um, in their mental health, which, you know, now more than ever, you know, I, I think if I'm honest, I think, you know, in a Korean American household, mental health isn't addressed as much as it should be, especially, um, my background and you know I grew up as a competitive figure skater mm-hmm. I remember going to some sports counseling because of the overwhelming pressure and stress that I experienced as a competitor mm-hmm. um, but I think I was young and mm-hmm. my parents were in really unfamiliar waters as well and so they didn't really know how to deal with that as well and mm-hmm. um, looking back I think I could have really benefited from mm-hmm. having a counselor and mm-hmm. um it was like I remember sitting with my this one therapist and I was again like in middle school or something and my parents were sitting next to me. So I felt like Oh wow. I that don't want to talk about anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyways, all that to say, um, I am so appreciative to know that 
the future of my kids, you know, in the public school system has this support from um, the public school, right, as for school counselors and the social workers that exist there. Um, so as a school social worker, I know you're coming up on your third year. Um, have you, in, like, liked the change? Has it been much different or? Um, it is very different. Okay. Um, so my, when I was at Peachtree Ridge, my school social worker, he and I are friends. Mm-hmm. And he's an older gentleman, very intelligent, very um, spiritual, and also very savvy. And so, like, he recommended me to pursue school social work because Mm -hmm. I had a desire to pursue leadership. Mm -hmm. And he felt like it would be a great stepping stone towards that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So as a school social worker like I was explaining, you're kind of that mental health consultant. Mm -hmm. You're seen as the expert, the mental health expert, Mm -hmm. and you represent the district office. And so when you're stepping into the the school buildings, they see you in a different light. I see. um, Compared to the school counselor. I can see that. And so you, I have seven schools and in the beginning it's just rapport building and relationship building. And so I'm trying to manage or gain a sense of the school culture, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, what, how is the principal? How are the leaders? Uh, who's really in charge? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do the school counselors and the administrators interact? What's that relationship like? And how, how do I manage that? And so it was a lot of learning in that regard because I didn't know the politics of the school and me coming. And when he said that they're going to see you as the expert and sometimes they may be threatened by that. Mm -hmm. And like me coming in as a um, young guy Mm -hmm. who has my doctorate, they're going to be even more kind of on their toes. And so I definitely did experience that. Um, there were times where things were misconstrued or they felt like um, if I w- corrected people on the protocols, um, they take offense to it. And so like <laughs> prior to that, I'm, I'm very direct and kind of blunt. Okay. Um, and so I've learned how to communicate things and attack it's not so much a tactful manner, but like a diplomatic manner. No, yeah, that's important, I feel like, especially yeah. working with people that are trying to help other people and then someone comes in and I understand. And, yeah. you know, we're all broken, right? Like you mentioned yes, before. <laughs> exactly. And so that was the hardest part. And, you know, they, the counselors um, who I work with a lot, they're already kind of, on guard they don't Mm. they don't know if they can trust me Mm -hmm. do i know what i'm talking about kind of thing it definitely helped that i had that school counseling background so they knew that i knew where they were coming from what it was like to be a school counselor yeah and so um now i have a great relationship with my counselors my administrators i know how to kind of navigate the school culture um, and yeah, so it was definitely a learning experience. Um, uh, I know how to kind of 
communicate things in a way that lets people know that I'm being firm, but also on their side. Yeah, sure. And that I'm there to support and not, you know, get anyone in trouble or, um, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely an experience. And the, this, the cluster of schools that I work for, it's a title one school. So basically that means that, um, I forgot the percentage, but a lot of the students are on free or reduced lunch. Okay. So a lot of poverty, okay. homelessness, and it's predominantly black mm-hmm. area. Um, not many Asian staff members. And right. so when they see me come in, um, the one day a week there, I'm sure I've gotten weird looks. <laughs> and so when I meet with students, they're like, who are you? And what do you do? Kind of oh, thing. Man. Um, so it's definitely been a challenge, but a good challenge. I've definitely learned and grown a lot through this experience. Mm. Um, I feel like I have a good handle on the job and kind of the duties that come with it. That's, I mean, just to be in a place where, you know, you are literally the minority and then, Mm -hmm. you know, students are looking to open up to you as well. I feel like that would be extremely challenging. Yeah. And and like oftentimes I'm meeting with kids only once or twice. Because I'm called in for crisis. And so I don't have that rapport. Right. And so I have to develop that level of rapport and trust with the students. Immediately. Yeah, on the spot. And that is very difficult. And have Uh, you, like, have you found ways to do that? Um, sometimes yes and no. I think for the most part, if the students know that you're coming up from a place of like love and support yeah. that they um, students can sense if you're being genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Kids know, they know right away. Yeah. And so if you're genuine, they can sense that and just, you know, being that open space for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm sometimes I'm shocked at the, the level of impact that I've had on some students only meeting with them once or twice. Yeah. Like when I go back into the building and mm-hmm. walking through, they'll come up to me and say, Oh, Hey, Dr. Pack. And like, give me a hug or, um, remember my name and, and, you know, see how I'm doing and I check in with them. And so, yeah, it's always nice to get that kind of affirmation. Definitely. And just see yeah. the, I don't know how to like the, fruition of your investment yeah um into people's lives i think is extremely a blessing encouraging and just rewarding right it's yeah and oftentimes we don't get to see that um it's rare for us as a school social worker Mm -hmm. and school counseling it's it's easier to see that kind of growth and development because you're in the building, right? Yes. you're a staple. And I'm only like in the, I have designated days that I'll go to the schools. And mm-hmm. I'm, sometimes I'm only there for a few hours. And so I don't get to develop that relationship mm-hmm. with those students. Only if um, I open a case with the, the family and the student that I, you know, have a concerted effort to to interact and develop that relationship with them. Yeah. 
Do you feel like there is a need for? Are there a lot of male counselors? No, there aren't, um, and so it's it's rare. And I do feel like there's a need for more male counselors, mm-hmm. um, especially. In, it's rare, like yeah, really. Yeah, it's they're not very. I think when I was in the county, there was like maybe out of two hundred, there was like maybe. 20 Man, we more male counselors yeah we do definitely oh my goodness what about asian american counselors um there were a few you our mutual friend uh-huh um i think there were maybe a couple others but yeah Oh man! So we need more asian american male counselors yeah i think i was one of two <laughs> that's crazy but not it's crazy but not I no, think, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, for the for the main purpose of me even doing this podcast, one, I do think there's lack of exposure. I mean, it's not like I, you know, our parents, especially if they're first generation um, immigrants, mm-hmm. are like, be a school counselor. Yeah, know? definitely. <laughs> so, I mean, I was extremely, I was, this whole conversation was extremely eye opening. I feel like, um, we could talk more, but mm-hmm. we are coming up on our time, end of our time together. Mm-hmm. But before we end, I wanted to ask you, Dr. Pack, Dr. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, do you have any advice for somebody maybe thinking about going into school counseling or social work or just advice in general for young people listening? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would encourage those that are interested in the field to reach out to myself or people mm-hmm. that are actually in the field. I think um, if I could do things differently, I would have sought out a mentor mm. and um, just really explored more and took risks, um, especially during the time that I was kind of unemployed and trying to figure things out. Um, just exploring interests, reaching mm-hmm. out to people and um, connecting with those and just being exposed to different things. I, when I was a high school counselor, that's what I would recommend to my students. Like, yeah, absolutely. what are your values? What, what is important to you? And like, what do you see yourself doing? Just mm-hmm. expose yourself to different things. Yeah. Um, and, and like through this podcast, I think it's great that you're, exposing the different fields and uh, it's a journey. Um, I think with mental health professions, it's also a personal journey. Mm. I've definitely grown a lot myself um, through this process and just healing myself and realizing some things about myself and um, helping others along the way. Um, particularly my family yeah. was able to kind of encourage my mom to get therapy herself and super happy that she did it. It was wow. really helpful for us, for her and, and just our family as a whole. Yes, I think a lot of our parents could benefit from therapy mm-hmm. and, and a lot of the issues that they kind of dealt with definitely are passed down to us and mental health is important and self-care is important. Yes. Um, 
just that journey, be on that journey. Be on that journey. I like that. Self-love and discovery. And just know that things will work out in the end. Don't try to force things or, yeah. And figure out. That's good advice just for me. Yeah, I'm still, (laughs) I mean, to this day, I'm still trying to figure out. The, the, the next step. And so it's definitely a journey. It's yes. a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. Um, connect with others, network, and and talk to others and, and try to get as much advice that, as you need and figuring out on your own. Yeah, great. Yeah. That's really awesome. Thank you. This was amazing. Thank you so yeah. much, Dr. Pack. I'm going to keep calling you Dr. Pat. (laughs) Sounds so weird. It it does, but (laughs) you know, I, I know the kind of work that goes into getting those Mm -hmm. types of degrees and Mm -hmm. um, those are blessings from God. And I truly believe that. So thank you again for your time today. Um, I really enjoyed it. Hopefully, you know, when you are the next male version of Renee, Renee Brown, Renee Brown, um, you'll be back. Yes, I will. Definitely. This is where it all started. <laughs> don't forget. Don't forget about me. <laughs> no, definitely. Not. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you did and you have any more questions like Dr. Peck had mentioned before, please feel free to reach out. I'll do my best to connect you. Um, and you can email at podcastwegu at gmail.com or just direct message in the Instagram or social media. Thanks again, guys. Until next time. Bye. Bye.